0: Hi, and welcome to the Inside Out Security Show. I'm Cindy Ng, a writer for Veronis' Inside Out Security blog, and today I'm joined by security expert Mike Buffy. Hey, Mike. Hi, Cindy. This week, Killian's at VMworld, and instead, we have a guest, Alpesh Shah. He is a manager of security solutions from Presidio and their trusted partners working with clients on the latest technology challenges and they come up with solutions that support all of our businesses so welcome to our show Alpesh
1: hey Cindy thank you
2: guys thank you very much for coming Alpesh we really do appreciate it so
1: thank you
0: and so today we're gonna tackle a really broad topic today with no simple answers law firms and technologies And so before I offend all the tech people with the title of our show, uh, bring your geek to court, it's not an episode about how tech people get blamed for data breaches and then lawyers take the geeks to court. So the catchphrase came from a judge at a legal tech conference, and he was making the case for attorneys to leverage technologies so that lawyers can spend more time on things that are, are billable, and so he ended at the end of his talk with the memorable phrase bring your geek to court. And so that means to enlist your tech people to help with technology uh, while the lawyers do lawyerly things. And so from the judge it sounds like there are two camps. One, the lawyers that aren't leveraging technology as much as they should, and then uh, law firms that are, are that are and then they have worries like ransomware and insider threats and breaches like the uh, Panama Papers Alpesh uh, based on your experience what are you seeing from the first the law law firms that aren't leveraging the technology as much as they should
1: so in my uh, day-to-day job uh, I see a lot of legal industry customers I meet a lot of CIOs and CISOs from that part of the uh, industry and mm-hmm. I see that uh, those customers are not that up to the mark as like the financial company or the bank per se and they have a lot to do uh, we do a lot of assessments for those customers and we see they lack in so many basic areas like for example password policy they don't even have a really good password policy to have a more complex and secure password so all the you know lawyers and attorneys they just like to use you know, four or five-letter, you know, password, and boom, you know, you are in. So, uh, basic things like that, they just still lack. So, they have a lot to work on. They have a lot to cover. So,
0: in terms of passwords, they use four or five letters. Is it because they don't want to deal with it, and they just want to write contracts or review papers?
1: So, in 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 uh, in the world of legal, everything is you know, time is really money, correct? and so every minute every second is very very important for them so they might as well just say you know what we want to have an easy password and not to have a very complex password to remember or write down somewhere and then look for it when mm-hmm. we really need it and and they just lose time for that so it's a kind of a mentality where you know it's, it's a culture which has to really change they have to think from a different uh, mindset uh, since what we are seeing Every day in the media, you know, and and online, how many breaches we see? So, it's a lot, lot, you know, to change, you know, from that cultural perspective.
0: What about in terms of e-discovery, though? Uh, when you when you're presented with a case, how you have to be able to figure out content really quickly. And so, if you're not, if you're not able to, we're the, sometimes uh, law firms are sifting through a hundred thousand pages of documents. It sounds like part of it too, the culture changes, okay, if we're not going to get e-discovery technologies, um, then they're going to have to manually read through all of them and, and then they're going to have to add more hours. Do you think that part of it too is like they're nervous of relinquishing control it to technology and then they're not going to be able to build as much?
1: So there are two, two, two things into that, two different types of people and and I've seen. One who have embraced the technology a little bit and and go and, and leverage some kind of a e-discovery solutions and they like it, they enjoy it and they see a more effectiveness in running their practice. However, there is another you know concern about that if they release a lot of their study, a lot of their case you know data to an e-discovery platform, Nobody is sure exactly where that e-discovery platform is being hosted, who is going to own that data, how it is going to be handled, and so on. So that's one concern about that part of the you know people who have already have this e-discovery solutions. The second one is that probably who is just kind of not aware of something like this or, or just being lazy about it, you know, because some CIOs and some CISOs just don't care because in legal industry I have met CIOs and CISOs who are in the same company for 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 years. So they are very comfortable in their role in what they do and they're just happy with the way the business runs.
2: Alpesh, I'm curious, you had mentioned that um, compared to financial sector that the legal sector was uh, behind in terms of like their security posture. Do you think some of that is structural based upon the kind of work they do? Um, I'm thinking structured versus unstructured data that, you know, I think a financial institution they have a database of everyone
1: in their balance,
2: you know, versus legal. And I'm just ignorant, like so what does the sort of technology landscape look inside a, a law firm? Like what, what
1: are the types of apps they use? So that's very true, Uh, and that's a very good point, by the way. So, in legal industry, they have lot of lot of unstructured data. I mean, you you name it, so many documents, so many contracts from you know within the uh, organizations, or they have received lot of information in an unstructured format from their customers, be it you know uh, some contractual document or some legal you know uh, page or something like that. So, and those. Kind of documents are all over the place in the legal industry's environment. You know, they are. St- you know, it's on their personal drive or maybe some Google Drive, One Drive, Dropbox. You name it. So many online free storage devices as well. Uh, they they bring it with them on their USB drive. So it's a huge, huge problem we see in uh, with the legal people, specifically with the unstructured format. Because uh, just the business, the way they run, uh, it, it just. Demanding for that format, and uh, they don't have a good handle on how to really secure that unstructured data. I'll give you an example. Uh, We just finished a a huge assessment for a very good uh, huge law firm in Midtown here, New York City, and we just learned that they receive so much, so much amount of HIPAA PHI data from their customers, and they just don't have any way how to secure that. And as part of the HIPAA regulation policy. They become the business associate, and they have to sign the agreement with their customers on making sure that they really secure that PHI data that received from the customer. But they don't have any—they don't have any way of controlling that. So, uh, th- yes, unstructured is a huge problem.
2: Wow, that's really amazing. I mean, I hadn't considered the fact of you know just receiving the PHI makes them uh, you know HIPAA, need to be HIPAA compliant as well. In um, the structure of Law firms, like whether it's partners and associates and things, how are permissions typically divvied up across that? Um, are they like individual fiefdoms? Is it very collaborative? Does everyone have access to everything? Like, what do you typically see?
1: I wish I can give you a really good answer because nobody knows how the permissions are given to them. <laughs> That's a problem. They don't have any way, or I would say they don't have the visibility of who is holding what permissions to what folder and how they're controlling it. And that's a huge problem. That's a big challenge I see in that industry, specifically with the unstructured data. Because uh, one particular attorney will create a particular folder, for example, client XYZ, and then start putting a lot of documents and create new folders and then give access to their, you know, legal secretaries and so and so on and so on and nobody knows who has what kind of rights to that particular documents or folder. So they don't have that visibility at all. And once, once the company grows, it becomes into you know four, five, six hundred thousand number of employees. That, that problem is some astronomical to really solve it. And then in that case, they need is some kind of an automated solution to handle that.
0: So at what point, when when they're approaching you with, oh, I have I'm a business associate now. Like we're gonna be audited or we're gonna need to be compliant. Are they? about to face an audit or they just want to follow the rules and because and I feel like they might also have trouble not unsure of what to do with all the unstructured data because they don't have like a data breach notification or they are not they don't have a regulation that requires them to follow certain kind of rules so uh,
1: you know not everybody knows uh, how to really handle that PHI or HIPAA data many times they have been asked and, and I think nowadays I see a lot more that all these legal firms have been asked by their customers who provide them this you know PHI or PCI or PII information as part of their you know contractual agreement between the legal firm and the customer and they, the customers ask them hey how you are going to secure the information that I'm providing you because for example if a particular in you know, a healthcare, uh, you know, organization or insurance company is giving that, you know, PHI contained agreement to a legal firm. Now that legal firm is in bind to make sure that the PHI information of an individual is secure. Otherwise, that company, the healthcare organization, can go after the legal firm as well as the individual person whose PHI gets compromised. So now, lot it becomes a lot more complex and ugly uh, towards the end. And that's why these customers are asking the legal firm how to secure, how you are securing my information. So in that way, they come to us and say, "Hey guys, you know what? Uh, we are doing this business with this uh, healthcare company. They came to us. They have this 30-page questionnaire. They ask us to fill out that. Do you have all these controls in place? And many times, uh, the uh, people, the IT people at the legal firm don't have any idea what are those controls are and how to secure them."
0: Not just in healthcare, in, in financial firms too, because they're uh, they're really worried about uh, sensitive data being leaked, and because they're being subject to 60-page agreements, they're they're asking law firms to be equally in compliant as well. And they recently just created information sharing in terms of cybersecurity to just share information about what they know in keeping data safe do you know anything about that?
1: That, That's true so yeah we 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 see a lot of financial companies as well as part of my day-to-day job I -hmm. see a lot of you know uh, small-scale banks I see a lot of hedge funds and they are asked by SEC to answer those I think 15 or 20 page questionnaire again on on their security posture on the security controls and what they do and how they're doing it so Mm -hmm. yes it is coming to everybody not only the legal or the healthcare industry it's coming to everyone now, and when it comes to again for the unstructured data for for the health the financial company, they may think that they have all their data into structured way in some kind of an applications and database. but that's not true all the time, because what happens, and we have seen, and we have witnessed and, and showed to our customers that many times when uh, you, their employees run some report or run some transactional things on the applications they exported information into pdf or excel file and now all of a sudden your confidential data which was structured became unstructured and that particular unstructured file or document is sitting on somebody's c drive or some network drive and god knows that who has access to the network drive folder
2: well i mean that's very much what we see you know with Uh, I think we always joke about like, you know, everything structured is what goes into saying um, you should do the merger and then it goes into a PowerPoint that gets, you know, accidentally emailed to the wrong person and then it's a big mess. Yep. I was curious, you know, uh, the audience for the show is very much um, I think an IT technical audience and uh, we focus a lot on trying to communicate better, both the business reasoning and the motivations for why to do this. Are there particular approaches or, you know, Ways of framing the security IT setup that you found to be successful when talking to you know, the legal community, something that they key in on that you know like we I feel like we all understand why it's important to do this, but I don't know if that's the way that they see it as well so
1: yeah, so the way when, when I go and see the customers, I always talk in, in, a, in a way and we we at Presidio we have this um, uh, architecture we call data centric architectural model. So what we tell the customer that at the end of the day uh, what you're trying to protect is your confidential information, confidential data, be it PII, PHI, PCI, or your business intelligence, correct? So just simply uh, deploying a next-gen firewall or IPS or anything like that at the perimeter is not going to make you secure. Uh, If you think that just having a new next-gen firewall at my perimeter, I'm, I'm fine, I don't have to worry about anything then they are completely wrong because many times that simply doesn't do a you know good job or justice to their you know, securing their environment. Uh, they have to look at their internal employees how they are accessing the confidential information that they are trying to protect. And, and that's how we tackle, that's how we go about talking to the customer that this is the way you should look at the security not just simply Deploying, you know, a DDoS protections or an endpoint solutions and simply an action firewall. So we've been we have been seeing a lot of success uh, with that that approach. Uh, So one thing is definitely you have to look at your sensitive data that you're trying to protect, and second thing is that not only simply uh, putting these different controls, but you have to have some sort of a, a program in place because if you don't have a program tied to your overall security posture on managing and measuring your risk, then I think whatever you do is not going to become successful down the road.
0: Hey Mike, um, so when you uh, mentioned are there a, a presentation techniques or ways to get people to care, I've also noticed that there are a lot of lawyers now writing about why cybersecurity is important, why data security is important. We m- Met one of them at a Chief Data Officer conference. He's both an attorney and a data scientist, and he said, "I really love this." He said, "Lawyers who don't know how to use data will be like dinosaurs, and they don't know it yet." And um, I just, I feel like it just comes. People in that industry who are lawyers will listen to lawyers because, like, we kind of sing the unstructured data is really critical to important, but you know, if it's not their business. Nobody really cares about it, and so he provided two really good examples for it. They're representing a company where a former employee was per, per, trying to pursue a case, and within a couple of days, they looked through 675,000 documents, and they were able to settle that case within days. And if you're going to pour over that manually, I I know when I'm looking through. Just regulations and writing a compliance brief. It takes me a while to look through them, and I'm going to have to look at keywords to be able to complete my brief. And and then another thing too with mergers and acquisitions, if you're creating an agreement, you initially you have to create. Okay, here's what um, we're offering, and then after the merger happens, you have 16 and 90 days. Um, I can't remember exactly what days, but not very long, that's like three months. and You have to see, okay, is, is this what they presented as true and accurate? If you don't automate some of this search, you can't go back and say a year later, hey, like we got the short end of the stick. I think it's important to hear from lawyers, too, why they need to leverage technology in general.
1: Yeah, that's true, Cindy, and, and I'm not sure if you want me to answer that in a in a way where I see from the customer side. Sure. Uh, but I'll take a you know stab at it. So, I met uh, last week, you know, another law firm, and believe it or not, this is the first time where I was having a security conversation where at least three or four actual you know law, law you know legal partners of the firm were in the meeting. Uh, I don't see that often usually when I see when I go and see my customers I always have either CIO or CTO or CISOs or maybe director of IT or someone like that but this time the actual partners were in the meeting and they wanted to hear what is our approach how are we gonna help them in securing their data and, and, and information and the reason is that when you mention that the lawyers have to understand the data and how what they do and how they do it they the reason they were in the meeting because they were given you know some kind of a notice by their customer that hey you know what if you are not going to show me all the proper controls you have in place for to secure my information we're not going to do business with you so now it is becoming a business problem it was a technology problem few years ago but now it's a business problem so if all these legal firms if they are not going to secure the information they receive from their customers Customers going to go somewhere else, and we see that more and more. And uh, today, the legal firms are probably not coming out openly and telling that they were breached. But I'm quite sure that uh, many, many of them are out there, out there, are getting breached, and eventually, by the uh, legal contractual obligations, they have to reveal that they are breached. So, uh, this is the reason we are seeing more and more activity with the legal industry. Uh, and, and we see that uh, this is going to become uh, down the road and, uh, a huge problem for legal people if they're not if they don't do anything right now.
2: You know, we talk about the different classes of attacks and things. Like, has there been much concern about ransomware within the legal community? Um, like, I, I just think of that as something that really directly targets unstructured data.
1: I mean, uh, ransomware, Mike is everywhere. Trust me. <laughs> we, I, I get at least. I would say three to four calls from various customers in various industries, not only legal, that they have been infected by some kind of a, you know, ransomware uh, locker or crypto locker or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it's 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 becoming a really, really huge problem. And I would say the problem is not simply to the what controls you have in place, but it also goes back to the the problem with your employees. That are you giving them proper security awareness education, and I think that is very key. Uh, we delivered you know so many security awareness program to many of our customers uh, and recently we have been approached by another company to deliver uh, a huge security awareness program for their all the sites globally uh, so they are in like I would say at least five continents, so they want us to go there in person and deliver the security awareness program out there so we see the problem with ransomware is not only technical but also the people problem and that's why they say people process technology all have to work together and the security awareness is the people problem
0: hey the global security program sounds really interesting are you able to share what that will look like um, you don't have to use that exact example but is there like a framework that you approach when you're uh, when you're helping your customers how do how do you create something that makes sense to them and that that there that they, you get buy-in every step of the way because I think that's a huge problem uh, we did some training earlier this week and it's really hard to come back say to your boss like oh I got this you know security tool help us with these things here's I don't know a hundred thousand dollars and then like two years later like I thought I gave you a whole bunch of money you know and then can you speak to that
1: Sure, so again, when I said you know in my earlier conversation that it's not about just having the technology, but also at the same time, it's very important that you tie the technology with your security program. So with Presidio, uh, we always lead the effort with iso twenty seven thousand one uh, industry standards for the risk management. That's the standard we use for managing the risk and and assessing the risk in companies' environment. so and ISO is an inter- international standard which has all buy-in from everyone so that's the standard we use for any kind of a global security program uh, and then you know depending on the country and, and whatever you know geographic regulations we have to use we you know take the consideration of those you know local uh, laws and regulations in effect to tie into the program so that's how we, uh, we have been successful in delivering the solutions
0: um, I was just speaking to a chief privacy officer in she mentioned that there are so many different laws and regulations around the world that um, it's hard to follow every single law so it's it's good to have like a one standard like you do the iOS people like NIST to other people like sans so yeah, is it yes. a company wide chosen um, framework or so, something
1: that mm-hmm, go ahead. yeah. So, uh, so company wide, I mean, we we see a various various frameworks and standards being used all over the place. Uh, certain industries are more towards one particular framework, uh, and the other industries over the other. So, legal industries we have seen a lot more uh, aligned towards ISO standards, while the financial companies and some a lot of hedge funds we have seen more aligned with uh, Covid standard. Uh, we also see a lot of companies we, using NIST 800-53 uh, regulations, and some small companies who don't have enough people and just want to get onto some kind of a standards and framework bandwagon. They use cybersecurity framework from NIST. So we see, uh, you know, various standards and framework across the board. Uh, good thing is that with Presidio, we have uh, very smart, you know, experienced consultants around. Uh, the country who have mastered these various security frameworks so we can uh, can, uh, help our customers in whichever framework they choose
0: and in terms of when they do approach you do they approach you before a hack or after a hack because oftentimes I was writing an article about um, how 70 percent of large law firms don't even know that if their firms were breached and With the GDPR, it's the new EU data protection law. They have like a 72-hour data breach notification rule, and I was wondering if if law firms are able to shorten that discovery time. Can you speak a little bit to that?
1: So if you look at uh, so many, there are so many various industry reports out there, and there are some statistics, but if you look at those statistics, it says that on an average, it takes more than 200 days for anyone to really understand that they were breached. Correct. So mm-hmm. when do we get called in? Uh, we get called in, you know, either way. Sometimes before and sometime after. But many times, I'll tell you when we go and ask the customers that do you know that you have been breached or not? And the answer is that no, we don't have. We have not been breached. I'll tell you in many cases they probably don't even know they are breached. That's one thing. And second thing. If, even if they are breached maybe they are not telling us when we are having that meeting because for whatever reasons uh, you know they don't share that so uh, it's very difficult to understand but we see that everybody gets breached no matter what uh, it's if it's not about if is about when correct which is a very common thing out there uh, so we don't know uh, actual reason when they call in but i would say that most likely it's after the breach but they wouldn't they wouldn't share that with us openly.
0: Thanks so much Alpesh. For, for me it's it reinforces to, to partner with your tech person and, and really secure your data. Um, any last thoughts you guys?
1: One last thought I would just say to the community out there is that uh, don't just believe in technology and one control you have at the perimeter one thing you have to make sure that you have a sound uh, and strong uh, security program in place is very very important that you have to have that program which basically becomes a platform for governance and then you build your uh, controls around that governance to make sure that you can measure it and you can manage it Uh, it's all about managing the risk certain risk you cannot uh, you know uh, transfer or mitigate you have to accept it but that's how the business is about so it's it's all about having a sound secure security program in place and uh, just manage the technology around that. Sounds great.
0: Thanks, Alpesh. His email will be at the end of the YouTube uh, description and on iTunes. So. Thanks again, Al Pesh from Presidio, Mike, all our listeners and viewers for joining us today. If you want to follow us on Twitter and see what we're doing, you can find us at Veronis, V-A-R-O-N-I-S. And if you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can go to iTunes and search for the Inside Out Security Show. And please leave us a rating. It'll help people find our podcast. There's a video version, this version of this on YouTube, and you can subscribe. To that on the Veronish channel. So, thank you so much, and we'll see you again next week.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye, Alpesh. Bye, Mike.